Hello. We would like to say up front, thank you so, so much for giving this podcast a chance. It means the world to us. We would love to hear your feedback. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook as Unfolding Sound Podcast. Send us a message on either platform and let us know what you think. Once again, thank you so much for giving us a chance and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Unfolding Sound, the podcast that explores the landscape of the sounds that move us. This is Will System. And Doug Leach. And David Irons. And this is September the 27th, 2022. And uh, today we are doing new metal as well as alternative metal. And uh, this is going to be a very exciting episode that we have in store today. We have a special guest with us. We have movie lover and reviewer and host of the YouTube show, The Film Geek, Chris. Woohoo! Hello! Hi Hello! There. <laughs> so it's always exciting to have a special guest here on with us, and he's going to be doing some of these music reviews and tag teaming them with us and kind of uh, flexing his muscle and his expertise as well. So, Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about your show and a little bit about what you do. Oh yeah, The Film Geek is a YouTube channel that's dedicated to all things film, pop culture, and collecting of film or any kind of uh, nostalgia. Uh, I also work with my soon-to-be wife, my fiance, Charming Amy, and uh, sometimes we have episodes we go over collectibles and things of that sort. But the movie, or excuse me, the channel itself really focuses on film old movies mostly hidden gems maybe old films that Mm -hmm. uh, are just starting to fall through the cracks that people forgot about even existing and i also have just recently started watching new movies and going out to theaters and trying to cram as many movies onto my channels i humanly can Now that new movies exist, yes. Now that new, yes, now that new movies exist and they have been flooding <laughs> the cinemas, let me tell you, there's a ton of them every weekend that just kind of fly by that uh, you would not, you'd be surprised you know, how many movies when you start actually following them. That's awesome. That's awesome. How did you start doing this? How did you get into this? Um, actually, I, the idea kind of came up. I had a couple of my friends, uh, they have their own YouTube channel uh, called 3B Video. And it started off, they're very focused on horror films. They also cover a few cult films, but mostly horror. And uh, they were doing quite well. They hit about a thousand subscribers and all, and I was starting to get interested in what they were doing. And so they just kind of helped me along, gave me some advice, and uh, got me into the whole YouTube thing. Just They were like, hey, you, you love this stuff too. You're giving away your opinion for free. Why don't you try to get paid for it? <laughs> pretty much what it was <laughs> that's pretty exciting you know and and you know we do podcasts as well here you know it, it's it definitely one does it for the love absolutely yes. you know yeah, because you're sure is not making money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can be very you know what is it that you enjoy about doing that kind of stuff the most honestly i just i really like talking about movies and um i i like it when i can get somebody in my comment section that uh you know is also really into it. Like recently, last week, I went and saw uh, David Bowie Moontage uh, Daydream, or Moon Age Daydream, excuse me. Nice. And it is astounding. It, it's not a typical, um, it's not a typical documentary. It's, it doesn't have the same type of vibe. It's not like, okay, we're going to sit down with somebody and talk to them about David Bowie. You have all of these sights and sounds and everything happening all at once at the same time you have david bowie just talking over it kind of reminded me of like the venture brothers where he kind of pops up and he's like hello i'm david bowie <laughs> it was like this like throughout the entire thing and it was just awesome it was it was an amazing amazing thing and it turned out it actually worked out in my favor because apparently no one else has done any um any kind of review or anything about this there's been a handful of them so it's one of the first ones of mine that kind of went trending for a little bit. So okay. in just a matter of about seven days, I got about a thousand views, and it's currently sitting at about thirteen hundred. All right. So pretty cool. It's one of my favorite accomplishments. <laughs> Actually, I, I think your review for that was the first one I listened to because I was really curious about the film. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something else. It really how you go into this and you don't really even see anything. It's, there's nothing new. Everything is footage. I've right. had people tell me in the comments where it's from because there are some things that I'm like, 
Did David Bowie just hire someone in the 70s to follow him around? Which I, I wouldn't put it past David Bowie. So, sounds about right. <laughs> There's an interesting a few character. people following him around. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh, it was, there was stuff that was taken from a documentary of him with his time in Japan. And uh, so there was a lot of stuff like that. But uh, the way it was presented was really amazing. Yeah, it's something if you were a fan of David Bowie or honestly, if you're a fan of music, because if you you would want your favorite band to have a documentary like this. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. yeah, well, it's definitely exciting to have you on board and have you doing music, you know. Yeah, <laughs> combine you... something else I like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think you're going to bring a, bring an interesting angle to the table here. So let's go ahead and jump into our music selection here. I'm going to go ahead and let our special guest here introduce our first selection. Yeah, my selection was uh, Cl- or is Clutch Blast Tyrant that was released in 2004. Clutch is a personal favorite band of mine. Uh, if you actually are listening and you watch my channel, you've probably seen my Clutch t-shirt that I wear often. <laughs> and uh, this is, uh, what's funny is this is not necessarily my favorite album by Clutch, but it's one that I really like people to listen to that hmm. they do. So, okay. um, And Doug has some history on the band. So Clutch, uh, they first formed in 1991 in Germantown, Maryland. Uh, they put out the first album in 1993. Uh, Blast Tyrant is their sixth album. And just as kind of a side note, the way I remember Clutch was growing up, I'd see concert posters for them all over the place, and they played in town so much, I thought they were a local band. <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked them up on setlist.fm, a website that has a bunch of set lists for, like, tons of concerts and it's right. not the end all be all of everything it's got holes in it and stuff like that but when i looked up clutch it had them listed and, and this was like a couple of weeks ago so it's probably grown by then since they're on tour they played 2490 shows just to put that in perspective the rolling stones have 2057 so they have less and it took me a while to find anybody that had more than them i did and the weird number on that was the Beach Boys, which coincidentally just played in Lawrence last night. The Beach Boys have played over 7,000 shows. These guys tour nonstop. Wow. I had no idea that with the Beach Boys. Same here. I wouldn't have never guessed. So that was a fun fact. And you know, Bob Dylan was a little over that, too. He was like a little over 3,000. Anyway. Clutch, they tour a lot. So it's not a hobby for them, is it? No, no th- this, this is, is lifestyle. Yeah, it's like that's all they do is tour and record albums. Yeah, they're yeah. Um, they're one of those bands that are almost completely driven by a cult following. Yeah, wow. they've they've never gotten much radio play at all. They you hear about them coming to town from word of mouth. You know, it, it's just one of those bands that somehow they have held on to a fan group for thirty plus years. Now they're not adding any new fans. I've noticed. You go to a Clutch show now, it's like. The youngest person's like 42. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mosh pit at a clutch show is mostly like shaking hands and high fives these days. <laughs> and I can't, I, I can't say anything about it, man. I got bad hips. I'm in my 40s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the boys will never die. Yo, no kidding. <laughs> I thought that this was a very interesting album. Neil Fallon is the uh, front man for this project. And uh, according to the front man here, there seems to be like a, there's a running theme that's going on in this Mm -hmm. album with Blast Tyrant. Theme is that there's a conscientious objector (laughs) named Warm Drink. And uh, they make references to Warm Drink throughout the album in several different songs. And Mm -hmm. apparently throughout the album, he's being pursued by this uh, Blast Tyrant, this, this villain persona and his ship, the Swollen Goat. Well, and you have to remember what year this came out. It was 2004. Mm-hmm. So this was one or two years after the uh, the second Iraq war started. Yeah. 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 So there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, lot of that time period in <laughs> yeah. this album. It's really crammed in there. There's a lot of references to uh, celebrity fan, you know, celebrity, um, uh, what am I looking for? Trying to basically tell people how to live. You know, the Messiah, the Messiah complex. Okay. And how, you know, politicians didn't help this any by the fact that they didn't, like, uh, Hurricane Katrina is kind of brought up in this a little bit. I forget which one of the songs, but it does get brought up a little bit. They don't say Hurricane Katrina, but they're talking about how celebrities will get down to these tragedies before any of the politicians or anything. So it gives them this whole, like, Messiah complex. Yeah. So there's like, it's pretty crazy imagery in their songs. And then you're listening to them and it's like, oh, yeah. You know? 
Yeah, they kick off the album with Mercury, which is a pretty aggressive opener right there. Yeah, it's got that long intro before it cuts off, and then it just kicks into singing about uh, Daedalus. Yeah. This <laughs> calling So it seemed to be a note to Mercury, uh, Daedalus, your child is falling, the labyrinth is calling, father of Icarus. Yeah, this is pretty typical imagery for good old Clutch. They love their mythology, they love their history. Yes. That's what I kind of get out of them. They have a specific sound to them. I, I can't put my finger on it other than, no, I'm talking more along the lines of uh, what was actually being felt in those days. It's I had a friend of mine who was in the, uh, the Marines, and at that point in time, well, the they listen to a lot of that Godsmack, they listen to a lot of that type of music, but this this pretty much is something that I can envision, a young soldier just jumping off a helicopter and going I, off into... I can see that. ...to a specific situation. But at the same time, it's not super patriotic either. No. No. No, right. this is kind of like... Uh, Blast Tyrants is kind of like uh, the fortunate son of uh, of this generation because it's like a song that constantly gets used the wrong way. Oh yeah! Like you, <laughs> <laughs> no one really looks at the fortunate son is like, oh, that's against the Vietnam War, so we'll put it in every <laughs> Vietnam movie we make, and it's kind of like clutch. They're, again, they're, they sneak it in there, and a couple of car commercials too, or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a song though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they move on into Prophets of Doom. Never trust the white man driving the black man. That's, yeah, yep. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> like the song there it's got the elements of blues rock and roadhouse going on there really yeah, yeah. strong throughout the album if that's your thing man you're definitely going to sink your teeth into a lot of this stuff it's definitely very enjoyable in that regard definitely very punk lyrics as far as that goes yeah on the the black van side of things at first i thought of somebody just driving some rundown black van or something like that but then after all i was like you know they might be talking about government agents. Yeah. <laughs> I think that <laughs> makes way CIA. more sense. <laughs> yeah. It can go either way. It's versatile like that. I'd yeah. Say. I mean, I looked at his lyrics. It's all it's all metaphors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're very heavily metaphor-driven. They don't have a lot of songs that are very straightforward and to the point, but when no. they do, it's very straightforward and to the point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. They get like explicitly political with the mob goes wild. That's the one. They really push the, the boundaries on that one. They even call out Condoleezza Rice. Rice. Yeah. <laughs> but I prefer Aroni. Yeah. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, and it's a, a product of that, that time, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Bush era. But oh yeah. yeah, but this one's got a, like a real heavy like rockabilly groove to the whole thing, like more so than anything else on the album, I think. Kind of like a rockabilly roadhouse feel to it for sure. Yeah, if these guys had radio hits, this would be a radio hit. This is one of their radio hits if they had them. Yeah, kind of the way it works. But uh, this is one of their most, one of my personal favorite live songs to hear them do. And man, it, the mob goes wild when this song comes on. They People get out the Ben Gay and they rub down beforehand <laughs> to get ready. And those middle-aged dudes just start thrashing. Uh, well, and, and it seems like this is a pretty regular one in their, uh, in their set list. Yes. So it's one of their go-tos. Yeah, it's been around. It's been one of those songs that they can float around as an opener. They can use it as a closer, do an encore with it. The right. crowd just loves this song. A great swing. Yes. Got a great swing. And they're definitely mm -hmm. versatile with their styles. They start to bring on the funk in tracks like Army of Bono, for example. They got the funk and the metal going on. It's I'd got say a very that was the most style. fun track of the yeah. album. Uh, I was going to say, it has a very Rage Against the Machine feel to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's got some... That's the one where... The, that Yes, that was the one uh, that has the very heavily... 
uh, the G- the Messiah complex for ce- celebrities. Yeah, we're talking about that. Oh, don't, don't don't pay attention to the holes in my hands. Just stick mana. No big deal. <laughs> just stick mana. <laughs> But it's a total groove track, but again, it's one of those things where they are just like going at it. And Bono, they just use him as an as a you know, he's been one of the biggest outspoken political musicians right. of many generations. He, he's an point. easy go to for that, and he has exactly. been for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Kanye West kind of gets mentioned in this and again because the song focuses a little bit on Katrina and stuff down there. Again, not like it's gonna outright tell you that. Right. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just stigmata. Yeah. Pass me the napkin, and don't uh, don't you dare tell your mother. <laughs> and they managed to maintain that swollen goat and warm drink storyline with warm drink and the swollen goats as well. You know, they make references again the dissenter. Well, and the other thing about warm drink is it mentions like a real specific liquor store around where they grew up, or, or something. yeah. <laughs> Send out all the tracks, nibblers. But I'm done with war. Wind them up, bring them back. Cause grip deserter. The one drink is loose. Well, these guys, uh, they're one of those bands that have not had, I mean, you could technically say they had a lineup change because back when they were in high school, they had a different lead singer. And then Neil took over. That's why I keep enunciating that high school to give you an idea how long these guys have been playing music together. Right. They can definitely finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and warm drink. I'll march no longer. I'll fight no more. You can send out all the track snivelers. Oh my God, I need to get some snivelers. glasses over here. <laughs> you would try that again? <laughs> Overall, right. that track was a lot more jazzier as well in comparison to some of the other ones. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, yeah, that's a solid, very solid track. One of my favorites on the album is uh, The Regulator. That is <laughs> oh, yeah. probably one of the, it's, it's another, it, it's one of those songs with a really dark message hidden in there because it's all about a man who has killed his, uh, his wife and uh, now he's walking down the line, you know, walking down that longest, longest mile. He's walking to his execution, yeah. telling the story of what happened. And then, like, halfway through the song, he starts to think of stuff like, I just, I wish she would have had something to stop me. Mm-hmm. I wish she would have had another dog. I wish she would have had a better gun or whatever. And, you know, he starts to realize and feel, you know, bad for what he's done as he's walking down there to his execution. That song sounds like it, it comes with its own dusty trench coat and a shotgun or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it, it always kind of makes me think of like a, a Johnny Cash song. A bit, yeah. Yeah. And it does seem to be one of the more popular tracks off the album. Oh, people or, love this song. Or just th- throughout their entire catalog. It's got right? that yeah. easy guitar leading the song at the beginning and then it breaks <laughs> into a progressive beat. Yeah. that's a that I really enjoy this song. It's one of my top five favorites of theirs. My favorite song off the album ended up being Cypress Grove. The whole thing about town full of women that basically just, I think, kill men if they <laughs> approach. And love the big bloodhound in the back of a jacked up Ford. I mean, it's a great way to end the chorus. It is. That's one of those songs. I got you there. Because like some of the stuff that they throw in their song and you're sitting at the show and you're like screaming and you're like, in the back of a jacked up Ford. Yep. Like, that, that, that's it. Man. It's just like the stigmata. Like, yeah. don't you worry, it's just stigmata. And you're like, I, I'm screaming this at the top of my lungs. This is crazy. With a shotgun, 44. And a big bloodhound in the back of a jacked up Ford. 
can't put the right term to it, but I think it's iconic almost of, of the era, if you will. Well, and I think that's kind of Clutch's overall thing is that the, the, the most basic descriptor for them is groove metal, but they're really stripped down and basic. They don't do that. They don't do a lot of effects. They don't have a lot of tricks they pull or anything like that or gimmicks. It's just jeans and t-shirt rock. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. pretty much. Again, that that's one of the things where they start kind of to lose me a little bit. You know, when you get into tracks like Ghost, which I thought was more dramatic. After a while, some of the tracks start to kind of sound the same. You know, it's the same roadhousey, funky, 70, crunchy riffs. But they definitely do a good job, though, in keeping it interesting, though, as well. They're definitely probably the the better of the lyricists in the genre because i think last time i checked and i i love i love all these new subgenres of music especially metal yeah because like it when i was younger it was metal and then that was it you know you had thrash i take that back you had thrash yeah, you had thrash that you was had, the, that was the heavy one that's the stuff that the guys <laughs> who smoked in the bathroom listened to you know if you were listening to thrash metal you had a skateboard you know, half your head was shaved yeah. and you were smoking in the bathroom and uh, then the Norwegians had to go and just screw the whole thing up. Yeah. Anyway. You know, but but, <laughs> but that's what it is. You know, you listen to tracks like Subtle Hustle, you know, mm-hmm. it's just aggressive and hard hitting, aggressive and hard hitting rhythm and guitar. You know, that's what this is about. So if that's something that you're looking for, you know, this is definitely the place to go. It's excellent driving music. For sure. <laughs> if you are on a road trip, this is a great album just to pop in because they're all solid tracks. Yes. You know, I think the very mm-hmm. last song is an instrumental and it's okay you don't really need to listen right to it's a bit of a we felt like jamming for a little bit yeah so we just put it at the end of the album yeah they're like it's it, this is also if i remember correctly i think this is the first album that they recorded on their own label okay and so this is probably where they were like hell it's our studio yeah let's do another song <laughs> Yeah, that was La Curandera. They closed the album off with a really solid jazzed out track. The organ on that one was really solid. It was really going off. Yeah, they speak in Spanish uh, now and then. What was the name of that one song? Uh, oh, it had a kind of a funk to it. Oh, that's uh, the, the Weathermaker. Short, yeah, Weathermaker. Weathermaker, because that's just like a spoken word, pretty much. Weathermaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it pulled up on Genius. And yeah, as soon as I click on there, it's like, oh, it's nothing but Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I thought it was a pretty easy listen. It was definitely a very fun album. I enjoyed it very much. It, it took me a couple of listens through basically to get all the hooks, but it didn't take long. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, there, right. There's definitely been albums where I had to work harder to get to it, but this one, it took a couple of listens, but yeah, I, I got there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. You know, like uh, uh, I'm currently, again, back on my fiance, I'm, I've been trying to get her into this, you know, and, <laughs> and I made a huge mistake because I, the, the subgenre that I've heard them guy, these guys get thrown into the most is stoner doom metal. Now, the stoner metal part, I totally get. The doom metal, not so much. Listen to their early doom. stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Their okay. first, their first two albums are very, very doom metal. And they say, this stuff is too fast. No, okay. no, no. I think <laughs> what happened was, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it just seems to make sense because at by the time they put out their album, I want to say it's their fourth album, The Elephant Riders. Yeah. yeah. That's the sound that you hear now. Okay. Before that, they were very doomed. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, I guess you would say comparable to the Melvins. Kind of the Melvins kind of did the same switch over at one point. Actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, that is a good comparison. Now, these guys are awesome playing with the Melvins, by the way. (laughs) I'm just going to throw that out there. (laughs) No, but now I'm going to look up how many shows the Melvins did. (laughs) Because those are another set of guys that just toured nonstop. (laughs) Yeah, yes, they were constantly. I, I saw those guys a ton of times, too. But they've settled down a lot in their old age. <laughs> yeah, but they're still touring. They came through town like a month or so ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's very rare that Clutch, it's a Clutch show. It's almost always them opening for somebody. I saw them when they opened for System of Down. Yeah, I, I, I think I was at that one, too, because that was a big show. It was Uptown Theater. Yeah. So yeah. Like, Which is where they're playing. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They normally That's about their venue size. Yeah. I, that, was much, that was a recent one I was thinking of seeing 
I saw System of a Down a long time ago. Well, yeah, they haven't played like we. It was uh, 2002. Yeah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> like they they haven't come through here in a long time. Wasn't that the same summer? Yes, that was the same summer that Lollapalooza came through. I think that was the the last touring Lollapalooza. Because that was been, Audio yeah. Slave. Maybe that yeah. was 2003. It was somewhere around there. I, yeah. Because we actually went to that one. My, my wife is not a big Audio Slave fan. <laughs> I went to that one too. I think we bumped into each other out we there. We might Because that was when I was still married to Lucy. And Eva uh, was just a baby. It's hard to believe she's a full, like, adult with her own home. <laughs> one of these days I might have those for hey, my kids. But... It's such a cool feeling when you're like, they're paying their own rents. Okay, moving on into our next selection. I'm going to go ahead and let my colleague introduce the next album. Go ahead, Doug. Sure. So the next album, the one that I picked, is Melting Sun by Lantelos. I'm sure there's probably a slightly different way of pronouncing that because it has symbols over the O and whatnot. But Lantelos. Lantelos. <laughs> but uh, Lantelos is a German band that formed in 2005. The first album came out in 2008. Their first three albums would be referred to as atmospheric black metal. And it contrasts up against the album that we're talking about, but they had a lot of the high-pitched screaming and blast beats. But there were elements in those albums that would then work their way into what this became, which is like almost a completely different genre. Um, uh, What I heard was, uh, sorry to cut you off, my man, but what I heard was black gaze. The shortened term for atmospheric black metal is black gaze. Atmospheric black metal is some elements of dream pop. So on this album, (laughs) the blast beats are all but gone. There is no high-pitched screaming. It is just singing, although it is pretty sparse. And the whole thing is super upbeat. (laughs) In one track, it's literally a few words. Yes. (laughs) Is this what happens when Darth Metal gets antidepressants? Maybe. (laughs) Because, like, so yeah, uh, like... They're turning it down there. Black Metal in general is... I mean, there's a subgenre of... Black metal called like yeah uh, I think depressive or suicidal black metal it's yeah, like literally yeah. a genre descriptor. Wow. So yeah. yeah, black metal is normally pretty down. This goes completely in the opposite direction. Lantlos <laughs> melting sun, you know. And I was just doing some research on Marcus Siegenhort. I believe I'm pronouncing sure. that or probably not. I don't know. <laughs> don't I apologize in advance. Are they German? I, they're German, right? Siegenhort. Yes. I thought they were French, but then I looked it up. They're actually German. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. His background is pretty much in black metal, yeah. you know, so this is a complete 180 as far as that goes, or I'd say more like a 60 degree turn. Right, because it borrows a lot of the elements from that. Well, actually, lots of layered guitar isn't a normal black metal. Oh, well, it is for atmospheric black metal, if you want to get like that specific, or it does bring in the elements of shoegaze and things like that, where it's just a lot of layered, a lot of reverb. The way I describe the album for people is like you got to have some patience and you got to love guitar tone this album is all about layered guitars and atmosphere and mm, i see i see exactly. i mean i like it myself i mean it exactly. reminds me a lot of a uh, uh, godspeed you black emperor yeah and, like it's got a lot of that uh, a uh, lot of that kind of stuff for I, sure i love that it, ominous kind of zieger ross kind of feel if you will he starts off the track with azure chimes this is a heavy alternative rock and slow jam right here. A feel of uh, Alice in Chains. A lot of ambience on this music, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say this first track is actually probably my favorite one on the album. And I thought it did kind of have like a near the end of grunge. Not necessarily post-grunge, but definitely near the end. I I felt kind of a hum sound oh, to absolutely. it. Oh, like absolutely. Like, it really caught me with the song Stars. I'm like, I heard that, and I'm like, so, ah. So hum, hum is one of my top three bands of all time. I knew uh, that about you. <laughs> <laughs> and... I ended up finding this band through, uh, there's a YouTube show called Banger TV, and they have a show occasionally called Lockhorns where they will pick a really specific genre of metal, and they will try to determine what the standout albums of that, the, the best representation of that genre. And this didn't make it on there, but they were talking about atmospheric black metal as a genre and picking stuff like that, and one of the guests mentioned this album, and I was taking notes. <laughs> and so I just 
went and looked at this uh, up this album and it just drew me in immediately wow. uh, but yeah this really fits in with hum if you're a hum fan i would say check this out <laughs> they are intricate in their time signatures i mean i i love that it's not the beginner's kind of music it's, it's at least intermediate to more of an advanced palette if you would i did like a lot of their arrangements it's just very spiritual, very entrancing, almost psychedelic kind of music, if you will. Either this person underwent an extremely spiritual experience and they're trying to describe it and put it to express it musically whatever way they can. And my other thought was they're probably on heroin. <laughs> um, it just sounds very profound. They go off into melting sun, cherry quartz, and again, you know, entrancing, psychedelic, and spiritual. Uh, there's some prayer and chanting in the background. And it fuses in some elements of jazz. I think uh, you do a great job in the vocals on that one. Yeah, five minutes afterward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, of, we should explain. Of I, music. I, I didn't write down how long the album is, but there's only six tracks, and most of them are six to eight minutes long. You have to be a, a lover of instrumental music. As I say, it requires some patience. It because requires it takes some patience. Little, it takes a while to get to where it's going. You, you yeah, got to be along but, for the ride, otherwise it, I mean, it's not going to work. But <laughs> the music itself tells a story. Just the instrumental parts. of It's all a story. That's what I gathered most out of it, especially on, on that second song, uh, Cherry Quartz. Because, again, five minutes of just listening to that takes you to a, a little movie theater inside of your head. And then the guy goes in with the lyrics. Oh, my God. That, to me, is a cherry on the top of the Sunday, if you will. Cherry on top of the chords, yes. Yeah, cherry on top of the chords. <laughs> there you go. So if you're looking for vocals, this is definitely, this album is definitely going to disappoint you. <laughs> There's not too much of that happening here on this one, you know. It's more of the musical experience here. You could probably read the lyrics for the entire album in less than a minute. Like, it's, it's pretty short. <laughs> uh, very poetic. It's as if the lyrics are a description of the music, if you will. Possibly, yeah. But I like that song. It's great. <laughs> it does seem to be uh, <laughs> uh, one of the favorites for the people that have actually heard this. The songs kind of uh, blend into each other. Uh, they go into aquamarine towers. It's got that steady drum beat that carries that really blissful melody. Well, in uh, the beginning of that, it feels like an interlude in between tracks that maybe could have been its own separate track, but... Yeah, I got the same feeling. It just has those two could have been their own thing. It just has this looping guitar line that goes on for a while. No real beat, not a ton of melody to that part. I, well, yeah, there is melody, but... <laughs> uh, but then it gets into some vocalization, but yeah, the, the song proper starts about two minutes in, and, and it's got two lines for lyrics. I've seen you, I've been through the sun. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he says it a couple times, but it's just those two lines. into Jade Field. That one had very dramatic ambience at the beginning of the track. It had a very hypnotizing guitar to it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, Jade Fields is probably my favorite track off the album. I have sort of an emotional support playlist called <laughs> 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 In Case of Emergency. This one almost makes it on there. Uh, to me, it's a beautiful track, but it's also got a real melancholy feel to it. And melancholy is, it starts writing that line of like, it doesn't bring you back up where, you know, where you need to be. So it's a pretty cool song. I mean, I like the lyrics myself and, and they're short, <laughs> just like you mentioned just right now. Uh, <laughs> it's all in their delivery, I guess. Yeah.
definitely music for meditation, uh, for transcendental meditation. You know, there's always the sensation of ascension with this, with the tones that they hit. There's an impression of, of nothingness almost, if you will. Very entrancing sounds. They wrap up the album with Golden Mind. You know, it gives you a sensation of bliss again. Uh, and they really do capture those moments of beauty in their music. song in between both of those there is it's a it's a short instrumental and i say short it's like three minutes <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a short instrumental that's almost like rhythmic noise so it's really more of an interlude so yeah out of these six tracks five of them could really be considered songs <laughs> some of these <laughs> got... a big contrast from the previous album oh absolutely <laughs> it the... was 15 songs and i believe a shorter album play Playtime. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think they could have, especially with like in Cherry Quartz, I think they could have actually split that into two songs. They probably could have, but I don't know that it would make, make much difference. Like, yeah, you can start adding stuff, but I, I, well, the way I consume the album is I just listen to the whole thing straight. It's like Nine Inch Nails <laughs> has their kind of instrumental ensembles that they put out every now and then. Yeah. Ends up taking me back to Godspeed, You Black Emperor, and the, the haziness thereof. Yeah. That's what it always takes me back to. Yeah, Hazy is a good way of putting it. Huh. Did you have any additional notes, Chris? I... Uh, no, unfortunately. <laughs> I was kind of setting this one out because I, 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 just to be honest, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't my thing. But I brought the Clutch album. So if that gives you an idea of what kind of music <laughs> I like, ambient dark metal is not my gig. <laughs> that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I mean, uh, this kind of music, you either are for it or not. Yeah, I think there's a lot more wiggle room and gray area for Clutch. I think if you're just even a lover of just regular pop music... There's something in clutch for that. Like I said, yeah, there's catchy choruses true. and stuff like yeah. that. It might so be a little harder than what you're used to, but it still sounds like something. It's more active music. Something's right. going to get your toe tapping. Right. Yeah. And, and it kind of sounds like what you might be used to. This is a whole different thing. Yeah. And I, I recognize that. Like, yes, I really, really like this album, but I also recognize it's not for everyone. There's it's a not for huge, most people, probably. Huge, there's a huge contrast. I mean, there's a huge, huge contrast. <laughs> It's true. These might be the most two different albums that we've done in this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I find this stuff with like with movies also. I mean, there's things out there that I will, I love. I love these movies, and then other people will look at them and just be like, "What? This is the boringest pile of crap I've yeah. ever seen." This you is know. this is like if a, a a black metal artist zenned out and turned into a, a Zen Buddhist. Um, I mean, other than like, it's definitely a black metal artist that this would be the kind of music something. they would produce. Yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> are you familiar with the movie uh, "Kids in the Hall" brain candy? I've never seen that. Movie. <laughs> there is a there's a goth musician that's in it, <laughs> and uh, like every, he gets up on stage and there's just like this dr this driving guitars like da -na -na -na, and he just gets on there and goes, "I hate." And so this, you know, he's like he's talking about how. It's horrible and everything makes him sad and he leaves the show because he's depressed and then later he comes out and he's the whole thing about brain candy is it's uh it's it kind of pokes fun at like overuse of medication for mental illness it's uh -huh. a, it, they they make an antidepressant that may, makes you happy it makes you happy period so he like, has, <laughs> they show him he's got like a polo shirt on he's like singing a song about falling into a happiness pie and happiness like, pie yeah. oh no he found the, <laughs> the music will never be the same you got the new kids in the hall now that <laughs> That's another name I haven't heard in a long time. Oh, yeah, they're back now. Yeah, they're yeah. back on the prime. <laughs> and, and if you'd like to see them completely naked, you can. Because oh. it's in the, in the show. Good, good like, for them. I don't know that I needed to see full frontal from uh, the guys and kids in the hall, the but it, I have. So 60-year-old yeah. men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming. I'm assuming. I that, think they're close. I think they're pretty close to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's pretty awesome then. So I think we should go ahead and wrap up our um, review with our third selection. All right. And we're going to go ahead and let Chris introduce yeah. this next album. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Rob Stein, and I'm assuming it's Zeet. Yeah, I don't know if it's Zeet or Zeit. Uh, Zeit, yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Even though one of the songs is called that, I probably should have paid more attention to how he's pronouncing it. I do <laughs> this know is going to be a fun one to talk about. I, I do know that it's German for time. 
Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so this is their seventh studio album? It sounds about right, though, yeah. Man, I had no clue they had that many albums at this point. Yeah. I forget how long they've been around. They disappeared from the U.S. from about 2001 to 2010. Oh, well, that that, helped. that didn't help, yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't tour. They didn't really pay that much attention to us. Uh, they didn't tour here, we'll put it that way. Plus yeah. the pandemic. I mean, come on. We oh, all have to use that right. as well, that an excuse. That was like 10 years later. Heck, they were they toured around the pandemic. Like, I haven't cleaned my room. It's like, it's been the pandemic. All, I know we'll, that. <laughs> we'll get to use that They excuse. started production on this album in 2019, and it was exactly the pandemic that really kept them from being able to move forward on time with this album. They were eventually able to buckle down and, and produce it. Yeah. Another German band. Another German band. <laughs> but but yeah, for, fairly different from the last one. Yeah. They, these guys have been fairly consistent on their sound. I think they've just gotten to be better songwriters over the years, I, in my opinion. I would agree with you because, uh, as I stated, I, this was another band that I did not really care for coming in here. But uh, I really enjoyed this album. I, I didn't know what anybody was saying. Yeah. But I still enjoyed the album. <laughs> <laughs> and and as I said, uh, sometimes it's better just not to know. Yeah, like, it kind of sounds like he's saying evil, rough German things and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> kittens and <laughs> yeah. I wish. In examining the lyrics, you know, he's a little bit more reflective than in previous albums. I would say, you know, he's, he's reflecting a little on wilder that here. You know, he tends to go into, tends to explore feelings a little bit more in this album. Yeah, and. Uh, Till Linderman, he's got like books of poetry and stuff out. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just get this criticism out of the way. The album's fairly decent. I don't think it's as good as the last album, but whatever. They have some fairly interesting, maybe slightly poetic lyrics going on. Like mm -hmm. the first song is about how like people aren't happy and join our you know, like unhappy army or something like that, and they'll fight against it and things. So there's stuff like that. There's a song about like an abusive mother that keeps telling their son that it, you know it's not okay to cry, things like that. Really? But then you get later in the album, there's a song called uh, Dick A. Titten. Yeah. Which, <laughs> like, that sounds dirty. It is, just not the reason you think. There's it, still it Rammstein. <laughs> it, it, it means big tits, literally. And the song is about how the lead singer, or playing this character, just wants a wife. He doesn't really care how she looks as long as she has big tits. <laughs> When you contrast those two things, it's really hard to take the serious stuff seriously. <laughs> they, they have another song. It's okay. Just based off that name, you would have no idea what that song is about. Song's about not liking to wear condoms. <laughs> not even kidding. So is that like just a, that's just put on a condom? Okay. Is that like, a, like it's a disappointing? Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, sometimes it's better just not to know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, all I, all I heard this whole time was just like, you know, oh, right. angry. And really, they're angry at condoms. So they kick off the album with Army der Tristen, yeah. or Army of the Forlorn. Lyrically, uh, you know, this is a pretty good way of, of uh, kicking off the album, you know, come and join me in this sad world, pretty much inviting people to come and join in our gang when we drearily march in step. Yeah. Uh, so, inviting so. people to come in and join the chaos. Pretty good way to kick off the album. Come in and the water's just fine. Yeah, uh, I, I will say, if you're interested in any of this, their music videos are phenomenal. Go yes, watch them. Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> that one uh, video. Uh, I'm not going to mention the name uh, because I don't think we can. I mean, this I is mean, a family could, show. But it, it's the one that you can find on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is the one you can find on Pornhub. But now, uh, these guys have always been sensationalists. You know, I'm pretty sure that everybody and their grandmother has been to Rammstein, with the exception of yours truly. It's because it's been, I think the last time they came through Kansas City was like 99. Yeah, they was, were, but I've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures on my news feed, and oh my God, I just. Well, uh, yeah, their, their, their current live show will sell out football stadiums. Fire it, everywhere. It's over a thousand fire. tons of gear, and it takes about a week to set up the show, literally. 
Like they they have time lapse of, wow. of their stuff on YouTube where it should like six to seven days to set up the show. That's how much stuff there. I look at the vocalist just shooting fire from every corner of his body, and I'm like, please don't <laughs> explode, <laughs> please don't blow up. That's been their thing. Yeah, but they know what they're doing, and they do it very, very well. I, I can just imagine how much they spend on that. But visually, going back again, you know, they're really, really, really solid. They go all over the place. I mean. Except here. Except here, yeah. <laughs> just don't like Yeah, us. the road goes on forever, and the party never ends, except uh, for in Kansas City. That's where it just stops. It's similar to, like, uh, another band, uh, a Canadian band, and that's Our Lady Peace. Oh, yeah. Our Lady Peace will sell out football stadiums in Canada. They're a huge band. And then in the United States, it's like... They have that one song. Yeah. You know, you got that Superman guy, right? You got the, you guys did that Superman song? That was great. Wasn't that in a movie? You know? It's like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, the Superman song? You mean the one from Scrubs? Yeah. <laughs> There's too many songs with the name Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they're the ones that do that? No, they are not. <laughs> That's kind of the joke, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do have a, su- a song, Superman is Dead. Yes. Although he's not really, well, no, he is mentioning it. They say <sighs> Superman is Dead, but yeah. it's more of I, like a lost of heroes than it right. is anything. But, but yeah, then there's the I'm No Superman song from Scrubs. Uh, yeah. There's the Three Doors Down Kryptonite song. Uh, then uh, there's Superman, just, uh, no. Oh, Waiting for Superman by the Flaming Lips. Yeah. Waiting for Superman. <laughs> People love their suit. How did we get on that one? Talking about Rammstein. Hell, we just got bummed out, so we brought in Superman. Oh, my God. Uh, Our Lady Peace and Selling Out Stadium. Yes. (laughs) Rammstein not coming here, much like them. They move on into their next track, which is uh, Zeit. I did enjoy this one. Which means time. It it is a good song. Like it kind of had a little bit of a Queensryche vibe to it. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. And I kind of well, Queensryche is one of those bands that um, I will defend. Fair enough. I know how people are like okay. they kind of get thrown into like that '80s hair rock genre when they're prog metal. They are prog metal, yes. But because they had a radio hit, <laughs> so city, yeah. And uh, this song to me felt very prog metally. Okay. More of like an 80s prog, not the more modern stuff that you hear like Tool and everything. I could see that. A little bit more of the early, later 80s, early 90s kind of vibe to it. Yeah, and kind of the thing I've noticed for the first, well, the first song, maybe not so much, but the first song is a little on the slow side. Zeit or Zeit or however you say it, is very kind of slow and somber. And then the third track is also kind of slow and somber. (laughs) Schwartz. Schwartz, which means means, dark. They kind of start going there, though, with this, I notice, on this album here in a second. They're going to get a little dark, and then they're like, hey, we're back. Kind of cheer you up. Yeah, it it takes a little bit for for, uh, anything to pick up the pace. Yeah. (laughs) I'd say this was their goth anthem, if you will, of the album. Yeah. It's got some good piano in it. I'm drawn to the darkness. I'm rejoicing in the sun's death. (laughs) Every time it gets dark, the soul wanders into lust. I'm rejoicing in the cold night, drinking the dark in deep drafts. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, if it was somebody you could take more seriously, you'd be like, that's poetry. But then it's like, but the guy also wrote a song about big tits. Uh, He's fire hard, shooting out of his microphone. With, with, yeah. Like, <laughs> literally let a flamethrower microphone. And yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't know. It, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just hard to take it seriously sometimes it to me um what i've seen live performances of the band or videos or anything they're kind of like germans or germany's rob zombie when it comes to the live production value of their live shows yeah yeah so kind of like a b horror movie unfolding in front of your eyes (laughs) but these guys are more like (laughs) rob zombie's more of like a 60s pop kind of horror film yeah these yeah. guys are more like uh italian horror <laughs> it's just like blood and guts everywhere yeah and some of the older ones where you get till that's his, his microphone is also like this giant butcher's knife <laughs> and they'll br- bring out like a giant pot and they'll put one of the band members in it and stuff like that like they're 
cooking them and yeah, all that. I, I, that I, could, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, of course, uh, David Lynch. He used a couple of their songs in uh, Lost Highways. Yep, that's how I oh came across them the first God. time. Yeah. That, and that's how a lot of people Hell get of introduced to him. That and the uh, Family Values tour, where they you know got arrested. That <laughs> that was a great soundtrack, and we should do an episode oh, at yeah. some point Lost around Highway. all of yeah. that. Total tangent. You know, they've been going on since uh, 1994, and they still have all their original members. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's not something you can say about a lot of bands. No. Well, that goes back with Clutch again, too. Right. There's another one of those like, bands. They, they have a couple of asterisks. Clutch has a couple of small asterisks. You know, like, they swapped out the lead singer. They hired a keyboardist. He you know, passed away, unfortunately. So, yeah. But, yeah, Rammstein's got the same guys. And with the amount of money they're bringing in and the, the size of the productions and all of this stuff... And just the amount of anticipation, and you would think that there would you know, eventually crack. Matter of fact, I think one of the wives of one of the members swapped which person they were married to at some point, <laughs> and they're all st- still in a band together. So more power to them, man. They just, just worked it out amongst themselves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was never good for you. <laughs> I'm sure there's a song about it. Maybe it's the big tits one. That's why they got divorced. That's Speaking of tits, they they talk about silicon breasts and zigzag. Yeah, zigzag was kind of the the first single off of this, I think, or at least it felt like one of the bigger ones. I wasn't crazy about it. I think the chorus is kind of weak. Uh, it does the zigzag, zigzag, but then it has like this real kind of minimal tiny synth thing that goes after it that's kind of not impressive in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure a lot more people like this. It just it, it doesn't hit right for me. Basteln aus den Lippen in die Wangen, in die Stirn, Botox rein bis ins Gehirn. Zickzack, zickzack, schneid es ab. Zickzack, zickzack, kurz und knapp. I was going to say, actually, I kind of feel the same way about that one. It kind of reminded me of the earlier stuff that I didn't like. I was just looking up some fun facts about these guys. Richard Crusp, he's one of the members of the band, obviously. And Doug, did you know that he was an escapee from East Germany? I forgot who was on the east side of it, but I knew some of them were on the east side of Germany before the wall came down. It's so wild to talk about something like that. There's know, a whole generation that has no idea what we're talking about. Right, when it's just Berlin feels Wall. like ancient history. It's like, yeah, I remember what happened. Like, I remember seeing David Hasselhoff <laughs> singing at the Berlin Wall. Now get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that's a, now he's not German, but loved by Germany. Yes, absolutely. David Hasselhoff. As far as Zigzag, apparently that's based on one of Till's poems. Okay. Grosser, Schoner, Harter. He's got a collection entitled In Stillen Nachten. Mm. I like your uh, German accent, Will. <laughs> it's adding a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot better than mine. I listen to, I listen to a lot of industrial goth music. <laughs> Some of which is, uh, yeah, a lot of which is German. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neubauten. I listen to a lot of angry German music. It sounds angry. In reality, the lyrics say something else. I like angry German films. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like a man smoking a cigarette angrily. The the album proceeds to get, like, ridiculous. Okay, No Condom is the next song. (laughs) I didn't really Talking about Okay, Child Support. Nothing more. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like... This well, is a very basic to the point type of premise. I'm like, it's probably my favorite song on the album. Okay. I didn't know what they were talking about. No, it's fine. Well, like the, the, the translation of the first couple lines, which still kind of works out poetically, if you want. Uh, I, well, sort of. I'd like to be inside your skin, spare the rod, spoil the girl. I mean, I would just like to say that I am an advocate for use of, of, of condoms, people. So I would like to add yes. that I didn't know what the song was about. <laughs> Sometimes it's just better not to know. In a committed relationship where both of you are aware of the consequences of your actions. <laughs> oh, yeah. know, know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. <laughs>
Then we get into what's quite mostly <laughs> considered one of the more vulnerable, more uh, reflective tracks. Uh, Mein Tranen, My Tears. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that. Yeah. And he gets pretty vulnerable in this one. And, you know, he gets real. Well, I have no idea if it's about him or not. But that's the one that's about, like, this abusive mom that the dad leaves. Uh, she smacks him around. She smacks the kids around. And I, I forgot the exact line, but basically says, you know, like, men don't cry. <laughs> wow. Like, and, yeah. Have you ever gotten punched in the balls? <laughs> it's a different kind of pain than dealing with here. Uh, yeah. That's an acceptable cry. A man only cries when his mother dies. Death is strong, but the heart is weak. You should be ashamed of yourself. Never show your tears. This is kind of the stereotype that we feel of Germans, though, in the States. Like the very unemotional kind of stoic folks. And I'm sure they're not. No. (laughs) Well, I I think it's just like anywhere else. Like there's there's people like that in the United States. There's people like that in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen how efficient the German is, including their handling of their feelings? Yeah, well, the efficiency. Like, that's why they can, you know, tour with that big of a show. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like, how do you maintain the overhead, man? They're very streamlined, those Germans. Apparently. Oh, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's definitely an interesting transition from no condom to my tears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like condoms, and you know what really sucks? Child abuse. We, I can see where this is going. No condom and with it. <laughs> I don't wear condoms. Let's talk about male vulnerability. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's ever going to accuse Rammstein of being "quote unquote" woke. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, what? Well, there, there, somebody will, but there's oh, always I'm somebody. I'm sure they have. <laughs> there's always somebody. There's definitely a subreddit out there, woke Rammstein. You know, and, and in the definition of the word, you know, the, the, Till is known to be pretty, pretty woke human. You know, no, uh, how woke? <laughs> this is the real question. <laughs> it's like the fucking spectrum over here. Then it gets into uh, gets back into the uh, back in character here with uh, Dika Titten, Dika Titten, <laughs> which to be fair, it's a pretty good song, despite what it's about. It's a good song. <laughs> Dika Titten, I was like, um, I find myself to be, uh, you know, again in uh, in elementary. <laughs> he said titties. Well, I, and I remember seeing the the name of the or the song, oh and I showed it to my wife. Is like, uh, Dick and Titten. I mean, of course, it probably doesn't mean what we think it means, but whatever. Of course, they picked that on purpose. And then I looked it up like, oh, it means big test. What it does mean now? something and just not what I thought. Okay. We're, we're, we're back in elementary, folks. <laughs> No, this thing flows. This album's tone flows like my playlist. It's like, <laughs> like on, I'll have a Bauhaus song, and then Eminem will follow right after that, and that's pretty much the vibe with this whole thing. Oh, let me talk to you about my feelings. Let me talk to you about this child being beaten by his mother. By the way, I hate condoms and love big tits. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have to be cute. She doesn't have to be smart. No. She doesn't have to be rich, nor a model with long legs, yet with big tits. <laughs> See, that's an example of when simplicity does it. I don't want to skip over Lugan, because to me, like Lugan uh, is kind of unique in their, uh, I think, in their uh, cap- catalog. Of, of Lest things. we forget. Yeah, my, my note that I took for this song was, I think I need to understand German to truly enjoy this song. Now, this one, this one lyrically is not bad. Just, it's just the way the lyrics sounded when I'm, I'm like, right. there's some stuff going on here. Well, it, the, the song itself, it, so Lugan translates into lies. 
the song might as well be liar from Henner uh, from Rollins band <laughs> about how much he lies <laughs> and he's like he better stop because he's starting to tell the truth and he wants to tell more lies but the song like on its surface like it gets really emotional and also has auto-tune and it's kind of the the uh like you know it it's their version of you know a kanye west song or something along those lines. Just, <laughs> I, I was getting runaway vibes from it wow. which is weird <laughs> Speaking of vibes, uh, they released an, uh, a limited edition album, and it contains six sex toys. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no <about> condoms. That's <laughs> uh, good marketing right there. What would Freud say about all of this is what I want to know. Oh, they probably have condoms that have their logo on it because they <laughs> they brand the hell out of everything. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. They're the Merchandising, merchandising. <laughs> Actually, that might not be too far <laughs> the truth. <laughs> <laughs> They're following the Gene Simmons program. <laughs> Money-wise, it worked well for Gene Simmons. Apparently, yes, it did. Apparently, he has no friends, but whatever. No, no. <laughs> but he has lots of money to buy those friends. So. There was the, the news article that popped up that seemed somewhat ridiculous, but it was some interview that they had with Gene Simmons, and somewhere in there he talks about how he has no friends. But he wasn't saying it to be sad. He was just like, I don't have any friends. I don't, yeah, it's like more like, a, I don't need them. Kind, kind of, of yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm sure your bandmates are kind of sad by that. They're like, well, we're not doing another tour then, Gene. I, I, I think he barely does, gets along with them. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at what point does it, uh, everybody's got a price. <laughs> <laughs> Will you tour with me? Of course. But yeah, I, I thought Lugan was a very interesting track just because of how emotional the whole thing felt. Yeah. It, like, yeah. And that's what I was kind of getting at with that. It's like it's like something's going on here, and I am not privy to it. But the lyrics don't the lyrics don't take away from it in this case. So, so they, now the Von Trapp family, and they wrap it up with adieu, farewell. Adieu to say goodnight. I know I can't. This whole time I was listening to this. God, being a theater kid. Oh man, all I could think of was that song. I, man, this was a very short and easy listen. The album mm-hmm. was really. Really, really, relatively simple to power through. And th- I, power I'm pretty sure it. the song is just about dying. Shit! After, after listening to all the the titles of the songs, you just said powering through. I'm like the worst thoughts cross my gutter mind. You it's know. <laughs> I mean, it was power bottoming. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, stop it! Stop it with a horny. <laughs> Blame Rammstein. Dude, we're talking about Rammstein, all right? <laughs> most of their songs like are from the movie Seven. Like, <laughs> it's like what you, I always pitch it over my head. The whole, like, that whole dildo scene, I'm like, shouldn't have been listening to Rammstein. <laughs> That's what happens when you listen to Rammstein. <laughs> That's uh, those are the selections that we have for today, guys. Uh, which one stood out to you the most out of the three that we that talked about? That you said about? stood out after we been. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to junior high, folks. Yeah, <laughs> middle school. Here we go. <laughs> he said stood out. <laughs> okay. Um, I, because I'm the one who chose uh, Clutch, I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to go with Rammstein because it surprised me the most. I, it, it beca- I'm not a fan of their music. I was not expecting to enjoy this album as much as I did, and especially with the language barrier. I was sure. really, yeah. I was thinking I'm just going to plop this thing in. I'm just going to try to get through it so I could say I did. <laughs> and I'm like, half, like the first song, I'm like bopping my head. I'm like, okay, all right. So, yeah, this one really surprised me. I enjoyed it. Cool. What about you, Doug? I picked Lanthlos, and I've already said I, I love that album. But 
I'm going to go with Clutch. If I had to toss it between the two, I think the Rammstein album is pretty good, but I don't think it's their best work. I also don't think they think it's their best work. There's some empirical evidence for that, too. They they play more songs off of their last album in concert than they do off of this album. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the Clutch album... It's good, catchy, easy to listen to. You can put it on in the background and not have to explain why you're listening to weird German music. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in there? (laughs) Believe it or not, I kind of had the biggest takeaway from the Landlos. All right. Same here, same here. I I prefer the Landlos. As far as Clutch was, uh, again, you know, crunchy riffs, very, very, very satisfying rhythms and it was my first time actually hearing the project. Definitely you know, gives you a lot of meat on the bone as far as, you know, there's so much substance to pick from as far as so much guitars and heavy drums. They jazz it up a bit. They funk it up a bit. And I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I definitely thought it was very interesting. Rammstein, you know, it's, I thought it was really, really awesome album. I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah. Yeah, but in all honesty, they're not really reinventing the wheel here on anything, nah. you know. But with Landlos, I really like the ambient stuff. Yeah. And listening to that, it really evoked a reaction out of me. It's yeah. like, wow, this guy is really trying to describe and encompass a, a tremendous amount of beauty and power in his music. And, you know, it could definitely use more lyrics, but I don't think that's kind of what the point of that was about either. Just Just a few verses were pretty powerful enough. I've seen you. I've been through the sun. Yeah. And and it's a unique album for them. Uh, It took them seven more years, but they put out another album in uh, 2021. And it sounds more like Melting Sun than it does their previous work, but it also sounds like it's less ambient and and atmospheric. It's it's a little more straightforward. It's not bad, but it's not the same thing. No. I would have it in the background while I'm doing my thing, working on the computer or doing dishes or whatnot i think it would make great ambience <laughs> right uh or for meditation as well overall that could be a category of like you know scoring studies i can uh, i can listen to this while doing dishes <laughs> <laughs> there's something to like you know there's there's some worth to that though no it is there is i could work to this with this in the background yeah, i could okay. do things that require brain thought and attention to detail with this in the background and uh, I, I just thought it was really... Because there's actual music that will throw you off from your cores, especially when you're in the middle of a task. Yeah. This actually gets you in the zone. Too much would definitely nauseate me and, and you know, <laughs> kind of send me into overshock, you know, but they gave me just just the right amount with the amount of tracks that they put out on that. And I just I thought that was the wise approach to that kind of music. Looking at you, liquid tension experiment. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of, you know. Yeah, with prog rock, at some point you want to rip your ears out, you know. <laughs> and it wasn't the, I, I think they, they stopped it at, at just about the right place with, with this one, so. Yeah. Everything's got its time and place, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Well, that's our show, folks. Those are all the selections that we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Woo-hoo. Chris, it was a lot of fun doing Thank this Thank you. I had a great you. time. Thanks it, for having me. It was me. great yeah, having man. you on the show. Where can people find more of your stuff? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. The easiest way is just get on YouTube and search The Film Geek. The Film and, Geek. Uh, yeah. Check out my library. Oh, I have okay. over 300 videos. I've been just plugging away since I started doing this. Wow. Um, I have new movie reviews, old movie reviews. If you're interested in learning about collecting film, check out some of my other stuff I have on there. So, yeah, I've got a lot. <laughs> a movie buff. A bit. A bit uh, of a movie buff. <laughs> Just a little. A film geek. You might say. <laughs> One might say you are quite a film geek. Uh, well, that's our episode, folks. Uh, signing off, this is Will System. Doug Leach. And David Irons. And our special guest, Chris the Film Geek. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, take care of yourself and stay safe. And we will see you soon. Have a good one. Night, night.